Hi, with Ainsley Bullion, and this is the weekly wrap on this day, the 16th of December 2016. Australian dollars, gold is sitting at 15.34 and silver at $21.74, with the Aussie dollar at 73.6. So this week saw both gold and silver down despite a weaker Aussie dollar, and while silver was holding strong all week, last night it sank a full dollar and in the process putting the gold silver ratio back up to 70.6. The week saw a continuation of the Trump trade with the Dow coming within a whisker of the magic 20,000 and officially the most overbought in 20 years. It was a week however dominated by the expectation and then reality of the first US Fed rate hike in nearly a year and only the second in 10 years. Whilst Yellen was selling a message of overall projections being in line with the September meeting and a generally strengthening economy, she was much firmer in her language on rising inflation and the strength of the labour market, arguably their two main drivers. The long-range GDP growth forecast was still just 1.8% and inflation still at 2%. So now at 0.75% they expect three more rate hikes in 2017, much as they did this time last year for 2016. Somewhat amusingly, she considers the current share market to be within normal ranges when it is considerably more overvalued now than in May 2015 when she said they were generally quite high. Looks like even she is getting caught up in the Trump foria. There were a number of economic prints this week which didn't quite gel with her strengthening economy narrative. Early in the week we saw another hit to Q4 GDP expectations when wholesale inventories slumped 0.4% in October, the most since February and seeing the third month in a row of year-on-year -year drops. On a more positive note, sales surged, doubled what was expected, up 1.4% in October, and hence reducing the important inventories to sale ratio, but not enough to bring it down from its cyclical highs, and all that spending potentially off the back of the pre-election cash splash from Obama. Speaking of cash splash, it didn't stop after the election either, as we saw this week that the US November budget deficit rose to $137 billion, nearly double that of November 2015, and the highest since February when it jumped by $193 billion, through February is, although February is traditionally the biggest month of spending anyway. As we reported yesterday, Trump's dreams of almost doubling that deficit again, the very basis of this epic share rally, took a hit when Republican head Mitch McConnell made it clear he would not be supportive. The impacts of these surging bond yields continues to be felt with mortgage applications tumbling to 2016 lows as mortgage rates rising above 4% saw another fall this week, this time by 4% as the rising rates slashed the population of refinanceable borrowers from 8.3 million to just before the election to less than 4 million now. Applications are now as low as they were in 2008 after the Lehman's collapse. Business inventories dropped 0.2% in October, the worst drop since September 2011, and retail sales growth from November rose just 0.1% against the expectations of 0.3% jump, and October's big number was revised down also. US industrial production fell 0.4% and the biggest drop since March, and marking the 15th straight month of year-on-year -year declines, the longest streak in US history without a recession. Reinforcing the Fed's view on inflation, we saw the producer price index for final demand print a much higher than expected 0.4% in November against just 0.1% expected and taking the annual basis to 1.6%, the highest since November 2014. Those poor inventory and industrial production prints saw the Atlanta Fed revise its Q4 GDP estimate down to 2.4% from 2.6% last week and likewise Goldman's cut theirs from 2.1% to just 2%. 
Over to poor old Italy and just one week after we reported Fitch downgraded Italian banks to a negative outlook. Moody's this week did the same, citing increased capital needs and weakening confidence on one of the highest problem loan ratios in Europe at 16.4%, more than three times the 5.4% European average. Right on cue, Italy's biggest bank, Unicredit, announced a major restructuring plan to raise 13 billion euro in capital, shared an additional 6,500 jobs, bringing the total to 14,000, to cut costs by 1.7 billion euros. Global stocks jumped on the news, the Dow hitting its 16th post-election record high. All fixed, nothing to see here. The Greek tragedy continued, now in its seventh year when the Eurogroup finance ministers suspended their promise for short-term debt relief, stating the actions of the Greek government appear to not be in line with our agreements. The news sent Greek bonds into freefall and yield surging. We continue to see the extraordinary events in China and India demand for physical gold, seeing further disconnect between the spot price and that paid for the real thing. In China, off the back of capital control attempts, premiums reached as high as $30. In India, off the cash controls and moves on corrupt le- dealers and jewellers, there were reports from Reuters of premiums up to an incredible 50%. Indeed, Chinese consumption per withdrawals from the Shanghai Gold Exchange hit just shy of 215 tonne for November, up 40% on the October figure. Still in China, and yesterday we saw Chinese bond futures crash by the most on record in the hours after the US Fed decision, to the extent authorities had to halt trading. To quantify this, they lost in one week all of the gains made over the last 18 months. Off the back of muted tightening, the massive capital outflows and weakening yuan thanks to this surge in the US dollar. With gold the other safe haven to bonds, that huge jump in gold consumption could well have come off the back of that money-leaving bonds. At home, we got confirmation of the Aussie property market cooling with weaker-than-expected price figures, seeing quarter-on-quarter growth in dwelling values slowing to 1.5% nationally from 2% in June in the June quarter, and well below the 2.5% expected. While, growth, while price growth in Sydney was little changed, Melbourne slowed to 1.7% and Brisbane to just 0.2%, but with apartments firmly in the red. The unemployment figures came out this week and we saw a rise from 56 to 5.7% despite nearly 40,000 jobs being added as there were more participants in or looking for work. There were some concerning numbers behind the headline, youth unemployment hit 13.6%, its highest in 18 months, and the mining boom centric WA saw theirs hit a 14 year high of 6.9%. This is our last podcast for the year. We thank you for your patronage throughout the year and want to wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas, wonderful New Year and a relaxing break. We'll catch you back in mid-January and remember, balance your wealth in an unbalanced world.